This is Jill D. And welcome to my podcast, Never Dull Moment, Single Mom Stories. The stories you're about to hear come from my own experiences being a single mom. None of my stories are intended to tell anyone how to parent or how to raise their children. They are solely for the purposes of sharing them with you. I know everyone has their own stories to tell. These are mine. Okay, okay, so how many of you have a kid or kids that just can't keep still? My oldest son, he's the wanderer. Don't blink. You better not blink. He'll disappear just that quick. Find him climbing on the cabinets, off the bunk beds, or whatever. And if you couldn't find him looking down somewhere, you better look up. You see him hanging off of something. When he was born, I had to put on running shoes and keep him on. Don't blink. This kid ran everywhere and he was fast. And I remember when he was about maybe eight or so, he told me he was going to be in the Olympics one day. And I believed him because he ran everywhere. The wanderer. So no matter where we go, this kid tends to dip off, whether it's in Sears uh, department store and he's hiding in the middle of the clothes or wherever. Every time I turn around, he's just gone. And sometimes the only way to find him is if he starts giggling. But um, I remember one time we went down to Disney World. He's about three years old. And we took the Amtrak down from New Jersey down to Florida. So you're on the train for like a whole day. And he loved the train because he could actually move around. So when we got to the park, um, first thing I saw was this lady. She had her kid on a leash. I'm saying in my head, there is no way in this world world I'm putting a leash on my kid about 10 minutes into the park we're walking down main street and um people started to spill out of an event a show or something and they were all coming in our direction but he kept going he kept going straight through them and because he was small he was able to get through them me on the other hand I'm having difficulty trying to get through the crowd and keep my eyes on him When the crowd cleared, I'm looking around, looking around, can't find him. And then I look over into the little store. So while they were coming out, he just went into a store and started playing with toys. Soon as I found him, soon as I got my eyes on him, I'm asking the lady, uh, where do you, where did you buy that leash? Where did you buy that leash? And I'm like, uh, purchased one, hooked him up and kept him on it the whole rest of the trip. So the next time we were going down to Disney, he was a lot older. He's about seven years old. And my daughter's band had won a, uh, a prize. So they were going to perform at Disney. So me and my sons, we traveled down. This time we flew. And um, we didn't get to see her much because she had to stay with the bandmates. You know, they had their own itinerary to follow. But I figured, you know, we might as well make a trip out of it. Tried to get down to Disney at least once a year. So we stayed at one of the Disney resorts, all-inclusive experience. Love it, love it. And one day we decided to go to one of the water parks. It's called Typhoon Lagoon. Um, As soon as we get there, 
We're walking into the park. I mean, we literally get there. We open up the locker, we put our stuff in, and we start walking. It's like this little tiny path that leads you to this big wave mountain, Typhoon Lagoon. But all along the path, there's these little tiny uh, sprinklers with water shooting out. So while we're walking in, I'm carrying all this stuff, I turn around, I don't see my younger son. And I'm like, oh, I call his name, I don't hear him. So I got to backtrack. So I turn around, I tell my oldest son, you know, um, where's your brother? And he goes to me, I'll get him. But I'm not hearing this, you know, I'll get him part. I turn around and I'm looking for him and I find him bent down, messing around with the sprinkling water. So I get him and we start heading back towards the, um, the big wave pool and my older son is gone. And I'm like, he was just here. But in his mind, he said, I'll get him. He went off, wandering off to go and look for his brother. So I got all this stuff. I got this kid by the hand, you know, and I'm dragging him through the park and I'm looking for his brother. So the way the park is set up, it's like a giant circle. And what I think happened is when I went out, my son happened, he went through another path or something. He ended up being behind us. So I'm walking around the park. He's walking around the park, but he's behind us. And this is not one of the big giant, you know, Disney parks. Um, this is a smaller theme park. So I'm, you know, I'm figuring he's going to be here or he's going to be there. I'm going to see him soon. So I'm walking around, walking around, walking around, no sun. So I'm getting a little, um, you know, that little hot feeling that you get when you, when one of your kids is missing and you start to get a little nervous and I'm like, all right, all right. Calm down, calm down. I spoke to the lady um, that was in the food place and she got on the loudspeaker or she got on the speaker or something and she did her little part. So what I did was I uh, stationed myself like right by the entrance because there's only one way in and one way out. And I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for this boy to walk around. After a little while, I see him strolling along, strolling along, and he is ashy, and he is just taking his time, because we didn't even get a chance to put on sunblock or nothing. Like, we had literally just got to the park. Soon as I see him, I call his name. He comes running over, and I'm like, what did you do? He goes, I was looking for him. And I was like, well, I didn't need you to look for him. I need us to stay together. So I'm over it. I'm over Typhoon Lagoon. I go back to the locker. I take out our stuff, get on the little buses that they have. If you stay in the resorts, they have buses that take you to everything. Get back on the bus, go back to the hotel. We spend the whole day back at the pool. No Typhoon Lagoon. To this day, I have never been to Typhoon Lagoon. When he was about nine years old, he used to play soccer on Saturdays. It's a little park about maybe, I want to say 10 minutes or so from my house. They would practice during the week and play the games on Saturday. And he was so hyper, like this was the perfect sport for him. Because he could run, 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 and run for hours. And you would think all his running would wear him out, but uh, no, it didn't. He loved it too much. So he'd gear up, be ready for practice or game day, and just start running. 
So this particular Saturday, I, I wasn't able to attend the game. Um, I had a braid client. I was going to braid her hair and I needed the money. So normally I attend his games and practices. I'm at every one. For some reason, this particular Saturday, I needed to um, make this money. So when I went to drop him off at the game, I went over to the coach to specifically tell him that I wouldn't be at the game today. I told him I'd be back to pick him up after the game, but I wanted him to be aware that I wouldn't be there, keep an eye on him. I went home and I braided and I braided and braided. About halfway through my client's hairstyle, I told her I have to run back over to the field and pick him up. So she was cool because we usually just watch movies during her appointment anyway and chit chat. So I get to the field, I'm looking around, see a few kids, see a few parents. Some people left. It looks like the game might have ended a little early, but no, I don't see my son. I look and I look and I don't see my son. So I go over to the coach and I ask him, like, where's my son? And his face was like surprised. And he's looking at me like he didn't even speak right away. He's just looking at me. And I'm like, yeah, where, where's my son? And he says, uh, I thought he was with you. And I'm like, no, I told you that I wasn't going to be able to make it to the game today. And I will come back later on to pick him up. So we all go into panic mode. We're looking all around. There's not really many places to look because this field is outside. There's a little outhouse thing. We go in there. He's not in there. And um, I'm, I'm starting to freak out. So once we realize that he is not at this park, that he is gone from this park, we call the police. They told me to meet them at my house. You know, they asked me all the particulars, you know, what he looked like, what was he wearing, where was he coming from, and this and that, and where was I going? I said, well, I'm going to go home. So they said, well, they'll meet me there. When I got to the house, the police weren't there. I told my client what happened. She's so upset. She's willing to wrap up the whole day with half her head braided. So I know she was upset. And I'm like, no, no, no. Let's just, you know, just wait and let's figure out what's going on. So I, I call the police again. And they told me, don't worry, don't worry. They're on their way. And I'm like, don't worry. Like he's nine years old and he's gone and nobody knows where he is. How can I sit still and not worry? So about 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes the police roll up to the house, police car, and guess who jumps out of the back? First thing I saw was these cleats coming out of the back. My son was so unfazed by this whole ordeal. He gets out of the police car, strolling along, drinking his Gatorade. I'm relieved. I'm upset. I'm frightened. I'm sweated out. All of these things are all wrapped up into one. So I'm like, well, where, you know, where did you find him? Where did you find him? The police tell me they found him right around the corner from our house. So later I'm thinking, like, he said he walked home? I didn't see you. He said, I didn't see you. So I walked. And I know you was going to have, you know, Miss Cookie today to braid her hair, but I didn't want to wait. It takes too long when you do that. So I'm like, well, which way did you walk? He told me his route, and I like to shuddered. The way he walked, he had to cross over two major streets. One of them has two lanes on both sides. 
So he went down to the light. I guess he knew how to cross the street. Well, obviously, he knew how to cross the street. He went to the um, gas station little store, bought himself a Gatorade with a couple of dollars I tucked in his sock before the game, and um, took off. He said he was thirsty, so he went and got a Gatorade. I was upset, but not at him. I wasn't upset at him. I was upset at myself and the coach a little bit, too, because I know he got like 15 kids to keep an eye on. But I specifically told him that I wouldn't be there. And I thought that would, you know, help him to um, maybe, you know, keep a better eye on him. But it didn't. So what that taught me is to never double book again. You know, I needed the money or whatever, but have to figure out another way to make it work because it was totally not worth the agony of that day. Another incident happened when he was like maybe 11 years old. And my ex, ex number two, came to visit. Um, my younger son, his son, was about seven at this time. And he wanted to get familiar with them. So when he showed up, the, um, he had all of his kids from North Carolina with him. And this was a little overwhelming for my younger son. So he ran and hid. And he did not come out until they all left. So the next day, we decided we would go on a road trip. we take them all. We had a van load of kids, and we took them into New York City. We are going to go visit the Empire State Building. We went all the way. Um, our plan was to go all the way up to the top and the observatory deck and look around. But my youngest son, he's not a fan of having his feet off the ground, so he stayed with his father down on the lower level. So me and all the kiddies took the trip to the top. When we got up there, it was a pretty small area. I was kind of shocked that it was kind of small. And I think we were on like floor number 86 or something like that. Soon as we get there, it's like a little elevator thing and then a couple of stairs and whatnot. When we get to the top, oldest son, poof, he's gone, disappeared. I'm getting upset. I'm, I'm looking for him. There are a few people out there, not a whole big crowd, which is good. I think they monitor it you know, to um, keep it limited. But um, I was so happy that there was not a whole lot of people. And and it's kind of shaped like a square, the, the observatory deck. And it's a little square. And I looked through the window and I could see him on the other side. So I quickly walking around the deck, walking through people until I found him and grab him up by the back of his shirt. And I told him he better not leave my side. Not only did I have to keep an eye on him, I had to keep an eye on my ex-husband's other kids because they was all with me. And at that time, it was one, two, three, maybe four, four kids. Plus, I had my older son and my daughter. So that's six kids that I have to keep an eye on. You know, and I can't have this kid disappearing on me. So enough is enough. You know, how much can a mom take? You know, actually, it turned out to be a great day, actually. And I managed to keep him by my side for the remainder of it. Even now, though, if he asks me for a ride, if I can come pick him up or whatever, he is generally not going to be there waiting when I get there. He don't wander off down the street or around the corner or something like that, but he is pretty much never going to be where he's supposed to be. And thank goodness for cell phones now, because now I can call him and find out, like, where are you? I'm here, you know. 
Um, cell phones. Speaking of cell phones. Now, this story. Woo. This one is good. One night, he goes out drinking with a bunch of friends and whatnot. Um, I think they're going into New York. Um, they had plans. He didn't give me all the details, but he was um, going to hang out with his friends. Now, my son, um, drinking doesn't really agree with him. You're going to get one or two personalities from this, okay? He's either going to turn into a totally lovable, huggy, kissy type, or he's going to turn into a beast and want to fight. So on this particular night, I think um, he got into an argument with one of his friends. I don't know if it was the driver or who, but they got into a little argument so bad that these people pulled over and put my son out on the highway, on the New Jersey Turnpike. And if you know, there's no pedestrians on this highway. You know, pedestrians would get arrested because it's so dangerous to be out there without being in a car. So they pull over, they put him out. Uh, he calls me, you know, he's been drinking, so it's hard to understand him. Tell him he needs a ride. So I'm trying to make out what he's saying, where he's at. And he's telling me, Ma, Ma, you know, he's telling me where he's at, but he's saying, Ma, you know, just uh, my phone is about to die. My phone is dying, so just please come. You know, he's giving me an address or something or whatever. So, okay. I ju- I'm, 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 I'm heading out. But before I left the house, I told my younger son where I was going. And he demanded to come along. And I'm so, so happy that he did. Because they know all this technical stuff in the phones. And back then, I really didn't have a clue. You know, honestly, today I still struggle. We rode around and we rode around. We couldn't find the area that he said he was at. So I push in the address and whatnot. It's not coming up. So my younger son goes into his phone. Somehow he hacks his um, brother's profile. I think I'm saying that right. I think that's what he did. But he went to the phone and he hacked something. Put in passwords and codes and and he hacked something. He did something and he was able to find out where my um, older son's phone was. So it was nowhere near the address that he gave us. The Wanderer. Of course it wasn't. Eventually, we did find my son, but it was nowhere, nowhere near where we thought he would be. And not where you would think either. He was put out on the highway, New Jersey Turnpike. Now, they they like drive 100 miles per hour out there. That's like a normal thing. Um, it's extreme traffic, huge trucks. And um, after my son put in this code or whatever he did, the phone led us to an exit ramp off of the New Jersey Turnpike. We pull over because I didn't see him anywhere. We're looking all around, but it's dangerous. Like these 18 wheelers are swooshing past so fast that the car is shaking and jumping and I'm like, I'm, I'm so nervous. Like you can't pull into the um, shoulder enough to keep your car from being affected by these 18 wheelers flying by. My younger son jumps out of the car and he starts walking into the bushes. And I'm thinking at first, you know, cause I got back, I got back into the car 
just started looking around, just seeing if he was going to call back or, or whatever. But my, my younger son starts walking into the bushes. Now I'm thinking, okay, maybe he needs to use the bathroom. I don't know, but uh, okay. So he's walking, he's walking, he's walking in the bushes. And as I'm looking in the rear view, when he comes out of the bushes, he got his brother walking with him. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute, what is going on here? So I get out the car and I start walking towards him. And I'm like, where was he? He said he found his brother asleep. Yeah, asleep. He wandered down the off-ramp. Walked off into the bushes. I don't know if he walked off into the bushes to use the bathroom or whatever, but he walked into the bushes and decided to lay down. Uh, if I would have went there by myself, I'm going to be honest. I would have never found him. Never. They say never say never, but I'm saying never. I'd have never found him. My younger son knew how to ping his phone. So he got him up and over to the car. Now my oldest son is giving us a problem trying to get him into the car. And I'm like, dude, you know, like we're about to get killed out here with these 18 wheelers, whooshing past cars flying, you know, just get in the car. And that's what both me and my younger son were saying at the same time, like get in the car, get in the car. So my younger son, he loses it. He just lost it. He grabbed him up, forced him into the car. Pushed him into the back seat, slammed the door. Ma, let's go. That was the only way to get him in and to get us off this exit ramp and to get us safely back home. Because if it was left up to me, my oldest son would have woke up the next day sober, wondering what the heck, laying in the weeds on the side of the highway 18-wheelers wishing past and whatnot, he's still lost. He would have been without a phone or a ride because his phone would have died, you know? Boy, oh boy, when I tell these stories, man, I relive some crazy, crazy life events. I got gray hairs, and every last one of them I name after my older son. So how about that? Well, do me a favor. If you have any crazy, crazy life event stories that you want to tell, that you want to post, that you want to talk about, that you want to share some funny, scary, whatnot, please do. Please do. You can post them on my Facebook page, which is Never a Dull Moment, Single Mom Stories. You can send me an email which is never a dull moment podcast at gmail.com. Or you can send something on Instagram and Instagram is never a dull moment podcast. I am so looking forward to hearing some of your stories because I don't know how you feel about mine. Please tell me. I just want to take the moment to say, I appreciate all my listeners. I appreciate you so much, and I thank you so much for your support. I've enjoyed sharing with you tonight, and until next time, never a dull moment.